Hey guys, Barney here. I just want to take a quick moment to talk about the program that brings The Big Top to life, Zencaster. I use Zencaster for all my recordings, and since taking over The Big Top fully, I have actually tried other systems, but I ended up sticking with Zencaster. It's so easy to use. You don't have to download anything, just log in using your browser and start recording a high-quality podcast right away. It records studio-quality sound and up to 4K video with guests, along with a full suite of professional tools that let you produce and publish all from one dashboard. Being a creator has genuinely never been easier. And I love that I can send a simple link to my guests and we can record over a video call wherever they are in the world. Also, if you're like me and cannot stand the sound of your voice, Zencaster's built-in post-production process makes such a difference. It automatically removes ums and ahs, awkward pauses, reduces background noise, and makes me sound so much better. Plus, the hobbyist and Creator Plus accounts are always free to use, and their professional accounts are free to try for 14 days, no credit card required. Go to Zencaster.com forward slash pricing and use my code BIGTOP, and you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. I want you to have the same easy experiences I do for all my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story. Help, I'm trapped in a cat. And welcome to The Big Top. I'm your host, Barney, and this week I had the pleasure of talking to Sex Ed with Tim. Not enough people, I don't think, are talking as candidly yet as Tim when it comes to kink in sex education. I had so much fun talking with Tim, and we both have quite a dark sense of humour, as you'll hear. A quick content warning, this episode pretty much starts with some very vivid depictions of scat play. As always, do please rate and review if you get the chance. It makes a world of difference and really helps put the podcast on the map. This week, the circus is in Toronto, Canada, so join me as we go under the big top. You should have hit record earlier when we're talking about our different neuroses. And I know, like, wouldn't that have been <laughs> fascinating? How I'm always constantly worried about, what did I leave? Did I forget to sign something? Did I just kill somebody? <laughs> did I hit someone with my car? Is there a, is there a child I should be looking after? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, the number of times I've been uh, assigned a godfather, I don't know how many like oh, drag children I'm supposed to be raising now. I I don't wait, know. but how many people have to die before you have like an actual? Gag That's true. I I think it's easier to count the number of people I've killed than the number of people I will raise. Right, but then also, I mean, if we're talking about drag queens, I mean, how many of these people are already like on the verge? That's true. Yeah. yeah, my uh for those of you listening, my drag name is Ava Gina. Uh so <laughs> to the house of Gina. <laughs> Ava Gina. Okay, that's brilliant. I I came up with Okay, so I I'll, I'll confess that I thought I came up with a brilliant drag name in my in a dream. This came to me in a dream, right? And I was so proud of this. I thought it was hilarious. Everyone I told it to was like Oh, that's stupid, though. Oh, like, like it? that wouldn't actually work. Like, you couldn't do that. How could? So, because you know Scooby Doo, right? Like, the, there's mm-hmm. Captain Cutler's ghost. Captain Cutler's ghost. <laughs> I thought that was fucking brilliant, and it came to me in a dream, which I feel like is even better of a story. Like, if I was ever gonna be a drag queen, Captain Cutler's ghost. Come yeah. on. I like it because it's those three <laughs> names that are very like memorable. Like right, you like think a serial any... killer. Yeah, <laughs> John Wayne Gacy. Right. Uh... <laughs> oh my god, a serial that's what I'm going for. Serial killer vibes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm already a clown. Like, I... <laughs> like I'm that's true. Yeah, I would love to see a drag queen serial killer. What just slay? <laughs> just for the representation, just to have a Netflix documentary. Yeah, right. I feel like queer people need to be represented in all aspects, including the homicidal queer people. Well, we kind of already have that. I mean, like after uh-huh. Paris is burning, then 
the unfortunate the, the mm, body in there. That's true. But was it the representation that we wanted or that we needed? I don't know that anybody needed the representation. <laughs> that because like nothing came of it, and we'll never know what happened or was or what, like. Yeah, I mean, over here in Canada, we have the serial killer representation of one Bruce MacArthur, who like went on a serial killing spree of specifically uh, Asian men. Uh, and there was a whole Netflix documentary about that. So he's going to die in, in prison. Uh, he's over there now. Wait, but was that connected to the Twilight Tours? I'm not sure. Okay. I wish I could give you a, <laughs> a confident answer, but... Sorry, I, I, I'm I like morosely obsessed with these kinds of stories. And so I ingest them a True lot. crimes, yeah. yeah. Just because it's like, I guess the worst thing that can possibly happen, not just to a person, but also like then the effect that has on their family and the people close to them, they're mm-hmm. just as much victims. And I don't know, I, I think I'm so like scared of it that it, like I'm fascinated. If you're into uh, gay representation and true crime, you should listen to the podcast Who Shat on the Floor at My Wedding. Are you serious? <laughs> That's the best. It's a story about uh, these two wives they see that someone took a huge dump on the bathroom floor of their wedding reception and to this day they do not know who committed the crime who the perpetrator is and that's incredible <laughs> they they interview every single guest that's ever been there staff members that were there just to see where could this wayward turd have possibly come from okay not to be completely disgusting but <laughs> I have worked jobs where I have encountered poo on the floor in the toilet stall. Too Fun. many times now. Too many times. Fun. I worked in a theater, a very, very nice West End theater where mm-hmm. every like couple weeks there was some poo related. Someone would poo in a bag and leave it hanging on the door or someone would like poo in the corner or someone would like any and anytime it's in a bag like we'd have to report it because we can't see in it and the fire marshal has to come and then they're like yep it's poop like we had people throwing poo at each other one time like this is this is real this were, is happening like were you hosting scat play no! meetups <laughs> <laughs> like I- I don't understand how this is. A th- and the place I worked at before then in an office, there was a phantom pooper who just like pooed in the middle <laughs> of the floor. And like, there were rumors as to who it was. And then, but nothing was ever done. Nothing was ever proven. And then that person was, you know, surreptitiously moved to another office. Guess what? The pooping stops here, starts happening there. Oh my God. You've got a very V for Vendetta type of pooper there, huh? Just a... <laughs> I just don't... <laughs> Like, I really want to... Under- I, do you know what it is? It's it's that I want to understand. Like, I really want to... I want them to explain themselves. Yeah. Like, is the shock that... Like, knowing the horror <laughs> that someone the else The horror. Has to the mischief. Yeah. The, the wretchedness mystery. that you're causing. <laughs> you're harming people, Phantom Poofer. It's violence. It's diabolical. <laughs> uh, in sleep, he pooped to me. In dreams, he shat. <laughs> okay, I know that I said I really wanted to know, like, how kink started for you and all that, but now this, 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 this poo topic. This is. <laughs> This might just have to be the whole episode. I mean, I have had experience as a sex worker with scat play. Uh, not my thing, but it's I've had a client. Okay, I want to know because I was gonna say we have to we have to talk about escorting because that's fascinating to me that that was how this all started for you. Yeah. So a uh, quick little background. Basically, I was working retail, and then I met someone who. Uh, was my coworker at the time. And then we went to do inventory. She told me she's moonlighting, doing this. And then uh, her other job outside of this was to pimp, to uh, be the point of contact for escorts and clients. So I'm like, okay, let me give this a shot. Uh, fast forwarding to when I already have some experience and I I, I know a little bit about ins and outs of kinks some kinks i meet a client who had a scat fetish mm-hmm. and nothing could prepare me for the level of scat that would oh. <laughs> i'm sorry i'm laughing but i'm just <laughs> no no it's level, fine. a level 
the level of scat that would violate my nasal passages just yeah, absolutely does, you know, huh? yeah because normally for if there's anything that i learned about any sort of bodily fluid play it's that you should be laying out plastic wrap tarp yeah just you know be hygienic this one client had the exact opposite uh when i entered his flat it was just poo on the walls on the floor on the sheets no um it was old poo that was encrusted in his beard and oh yeah the smell was just it it was absolutely and yeah like i it was a biohazard. It was absolutely a biohazard. And I, I just like nothing could prepare me for what I saw or what I smelled. And I was like trying, trying my hardest, praying to every single deity from every single religion to just get me through this session just to see like, what did he want? And he wanted me to to take a dump in his mouth. And <laughs> me being a shy pooper, <laughs> I, I'm like, I'm very, uh, yeah, like I, I just couldn't pull myself to, to turd. So, um, we came with this alternative, a happy middle where I would just, uh, use frozen grapes and Uh pop them in my ass and then I'll lie down on the floor. I'll pop a squat over his face and just pew, pew. Yeah. Just shoot him up. And even then, it was very, very awkward because, like, you know, this is the first time I'm engaging someone in scat play, and it had to be like, I'm taking, I'm, I'm neck deep in scat. Yeah, like <laughs> you speaking. went <laughs> all the you way, dove in yeah. the deep end, in the deep end of scat play. So, uh huh. Um, yeah. Whoa. So, okay. I mean, like. I want to be very clear about to each their own, and like obviously, there's nothing wrong. I mean, I know plenty of no shame. Yeah, like whatever. Yeah, obviously, obviously, there is, however, a bit of a hygiene issue with yeah, like it just and being around the place. It's I'm just a biohazard. Yeah, yeah, like that's, and I mean, if that's what you're into, fine. But you didn't know that going in. You didn't know no. this. No, oh, all I heard was just God. scat play, just scat play. I'm like, okay. I mean, I guess I can do a light bit of scat play. Uh, but we'll see how much he wants from me. But like he initially expected projectile diarrhea, and I'm like, whoa, Mm-mm. yeah. And as someone who is a closeted lactose intolerant, <laughs> I thought I could <laughs> <laughs> meet the assignment. But <laughs> I, wow, yeah. So, anyways, okay, I was uh, not ready. I was not yeah. ready for where that was going. Yeah. Okay, so oh, yeah, could... trust me, you're, you're not gonna. <laughs> Oh. You're not going to be ready for where this goes. Fantastic. So we got the frozen grapes. Yeah. I popped a squat on him while he's laying down on the floor, mouth wide open. And as I'm about to squeeze out, I was like, oh, this is so awkward. This is just weird. I I, I don't know what to do. I, I have to figure out just any way to make this more comfortable for myself. So as I pushed out, I very audibly go, pew, pew, pew. And then he goes, can you not, he, he, he goes, can you not make that sound? And I'm like, nope, no, absolutely. Not. I need to make the sound. I need to, I need to get through it. This is the only way this is going to happen. I'll, if you don't like it, I'll shave a few dollars off my rate. It's just, mm-mm. yeah, I pushed out the last grape and I took the money and I was just like, bye. That is yeah. amazing. Also that, I'm sorry, that's my favorite part pew 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 that's my style of like silly (laughs) silliness that's the only way i can make sex work for me yeah silly make it funny completely but he was like he wanted to take this seriously as if it was some sort of art form (laughs) like we're not we're not doing a porno or a picasso here sir i'm fascinated to know kind of what the going rate is for something like that because i well okay for me i was charging five hundred dollars for the hour 
and that's mm-hmm. on the high end uh for my more affluent clients and then when i stopped being under my pimp's employ i was i i cut that down to like 250 for the more mm-hmm. you know your average joe or whatever joe. and <laughs> for for this one specific client uh when i heard scat play i was like okay uh scat play my rate is 250 i'll charge you 300 dollars because that's just uh, it's a lot it's asking a lot of me and then when i saw the environment that i was in i was like all right no 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 no. this is at least another six hundred dollars or something because this is insane i did not realize how bad this, this apartment is and how like how much of a biohazard this is it's it's just absolutely insane but the pew 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 i took away like fifty dollars <laughs> Just to, just to make it like you know, fifty dollars just yeah. for pew pew pew. <laughs> yeah, took it away. I'm like, all right, fine. I, you're not having as pleasant of a time as you thought you would, but I'm not having as pleasant of a time as I thought I would. So yeah. we'll meet somewhere yeah. right in the middle. <sighs> yeah. Um. It it, it was <laughs> it was an experience I'll never forget. I hope he's okay. I hope he's healthy. <laughs> but good God, man, just get your Oh God! Get your shit together! <laughs> don't, don't I was trying to find a better turn of phrase. <laughs> uh, there's something about shitting where you eat in there, but uh, yeah, don't shit where you eat. But mm, yeah, that's quite literally what he okay, did. Okay, I really like that we went for for the more out there, wackier s- stories first because that's the whole point of this. And also, like, I I really hope that if anyone listening is into scat or is curious about trying it, that they don't feel at all discouraged because. I mean, the whole reason I'm doing this is, you know, I thought I was the weirdest person in the world and I'm finding out that's not true. No. Not by a mile. Like, Mm-mm. come on. No, like, none of this is... So, like, I think... You're bordering like, on vanilla, really. No. <laughs> yeah, like, come on. I mean, and especially, like, you could always go further. Like, you think you're weird. Pfft, come on. You'll see. Have you pew, Yeah, pew, pew, you will see you weirder. <laughs> Pew pew pewed into someone's mouth, just projectile. Oh god, yeah. No, you'll you think you're weird, but you will always find someone weirder. Always. Well, I, I also want to know. So, like, how did kink happen for you? Was it like that you encountered most things through your work? Because so, like, okay, bit of a tangent. I've been told I have nice feet and should be getting paid for them, but I don't know what that means <laughs> because to me, I, I like I don't know what I like. No concept. So, but take I'm, pictures I'm of it. So up for it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I put some on Twitter and pe- people said they were good feet, but I, I like, I want to understand like what's good about them so I can keep like doing that. <laughs> from people. Well, from what I've learned, it's like nicely, uh, you know, pedicured. It's got a nice shape. Like an arch. You don't have any fallen arches. Yeah, it like looks like something that would be on. I don't know. Uh, a shoe ad or something you know you're modeling the new crocs or whatever um, I thought you were about to say it looks like something that should be in a shoe and i was gonna be like uh-huh. that totally defeats the purpose <laughs> no 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 or like or like a thong or sorry thong flip flop yeah, 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 yeah. You, you know what i mean, I know what you mean. um <laughs> yeah so uh you know that that's what makes a good foot you can add a little bit of uh color to it like a nice red maybe <laughs> uh i do i <laughs> Well, yeah. I just like my my thought process is like that's very flattering and I you know I think I would consider that but I'm also very up for engaging in that kind of play and I'm wondering how much of like how like you were saying with scat that was something you going into it were like okay this is how like I don't know I, I'm just curious yeah. about how many doors that opens in terms of like what you then suddenly see yourself being willing to do or willing to try and see how it goes. So, because I was in, let's see, I was 19 to 23 when I was in sex work. So, very young, very naive, and I'll say yes to almost everything. And it was because I was escorting under someone's employ that, like, I would gradually be introduced to the kink world. Mm -hmm. So, first, it would start off with, like, something so simple, like handcuffs or a blindfold. Uh, and then slowly work my way up to something a little more intense, like choking or a full restraint with uh, candle wax and um, what do you call those, like electric magic wand type of toys. 
yeah. uh, shock play, you know. So when it came to something like scat and I was still in my say yes to everything phase, I was like, sure, okay, I've done pretty much what I think I can do. And then, yeah, just nothing prepared me for that level. I thought that it would be like prior to to being hired by a client who was into scat play, I already had an idea of what scat play was. It was like, mm-hmm. okay, maybe like a small... Uh, flakes of poo or just like little rabbit-sized pellets Mm -hmm. of poo that they're going to be into. And then, yeah, like I said, nothing could prepare me for how much uh, feces, how much fecal matter. Well, that's a bit of bad luck as well, because like it's a spectrum, right? Like for like every king, there's there's all sorts of different aspects that people are into. So yeah, I'm sure it could have been. But were there any other things that you, was this an experience that afterwards you were like, there are certain things that I just yep. am not. Uh, I'm not. Uh, I'm not the escort for you. I am not yeah. the one that you want to hire if you're looking for ABC because I know my own limits and my own limitations. And I feel like people should know that too about themselves before they go into any sort of sexual activity, whether it be sex for work or sex for pleasure. Uh, and it's just like it's so important to know where you stand so that your boundaries are never going to be crossed and you have to make that known. So now, because that experience with SCAT has taught me, I am not a SCAT enthusiast. Good for you if you are. I just know that if someone is going to propose that kind of thing to me during my next sexual encounter, I can draw a hard no. Just, mm -mm, Mm -hmm. no, can't do it. I can't do blood. Uh, I can't be a golden shower bottom. I'm always a golden shower top, if it ever came mm-hmm. to that. Uh, I am more of a choking bottom. Actually, you know what? I'm a choking verse. <laughs> I'm versatile, let's be clear. Like, uh, But when it comes to specific kinks, uh, it was because of all those experiences that have collectively got me to this place where it's like, I know my own limits and my own boundaries, and nobody can cross that without my permission. Mm. How did that then evolve into sex education for you? I slowly retired out of um, sex work because there's just some things going on with my mental health. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was trying to figure out what is it that I want to do with my life uh, next, because if you've never been a sex worker, you will know that, like, there is just so much emotional investment in it. Mm-hmm. You're giving a lot of yourself into being a sex worker because you're creating this whole experience, this whole fantasy for them. And it, it just started to emotionally drain me. And, and mentally, I was just not in a good place. So as I was phasing out of sex work and going into business school, even at business school, I was like, maybe this isn't what what's for me. Maybe the corporate world isn't necessarily designed for me. So at some point in the overlap of phasing out of sex work and going into business, something clicked. And I was like, what if I use my experience in business and my experience in sex work to combine those two in something that's actually something I like because I like both just not exclusively and then my pursuit of being a sex educator was born and now I'm here hosting a podcast hosting (laughs) workshops uh you know it it all just fell into place magically that's really awesome I definitely vibe with that in the sense that it was such a big awakening for me to be like oh wait, I can combine these two things. I can combine kink and art and get paid for it and actually like my job. But I think it's also that feeling is really hard to, not describe, but I think it's it's hard to convince people that it's possible in a way because yeah. I, as a kid, like, I don't know, I just didn't really see how that would work for me. I didn't feel that way about anything so strongly that when eventually I kind of muddled through and figured that out, which I guess at some point we'll have to do for ourselves, yeah, um, is when it happened. It will eventually fall in place for every single individual, you know? Like, things just start yeah. to click the more you experience life, the more you uh, go through all these, like, trials and tribulations and adversity, and it just grows you. Circle of life, I guess. It's just life, man. It's just life, dude. That's <laughs> the way it is. Totally. Um, yeah. Okay. I want to ask you specifically about sex ed because I know nothing about it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you invited the wrong guest. <laughs> I'm a certified sex educator, but I never claim to be a good one. <laughs> I may have certificate, I may have credentials. 
Am I any good? Jury's still out on that. <laughs> well, let's see. Try and educate me. Let's, I, we'll try. Okay. We'll try. <laughs> well, okay. So, like, I want to know from someone who actually might have a reasonably educated opinion <laughs> as opposed to just what I think is happening. Sure. Like, I want to know what you think is lacking from sex education, like, in general, but also at the school level, like, basic level. Like, because, like, mine was probably the best available in the UK, and it still was not amazing. So, like, I, mm. I'm i curious as to, and I don't know what the state of it is now, like, generally, or what the standard is, or or anything like it's that. bullshit. But I still feel like, <laughs> yeah, like, people are not aware of things they should be aware of. Yeah. Like, uh, general yeah. safety. Yeah. Right. So at the most basic kindergarten primary school level, we're not teaching kids how to name our parts properly. We're trying to skirt around the whole calling it a penis or calling it a a vulva Mm -hmm. or what the difference is between a vulva and a vagina because those are two different things and Mm -hmm. it's always like oh you're you're no no zone or you're whatever cute fucking your flower your your yeah whatever the fuck you want to call it and it's like how do you expect kids to go to a responsible adult to you know, confess something when an irresponsible adult has done something to them if they don't know how to communicate that Mm -hmm. properly. You know, I I don't mean to make this dark, but there are really irresponsible, dangerous adults out there who are going to harm your children. And uh, it's up to us to teach children how to go to a trustworthy adult and say, hey, this man touched me on my penis or this man touched me on my mm-hmm. vulva. And yeah. it's through that, the naming, just just the naming of the parts is where we can start to build this foundation for sex education that like, uh, okay, so this is my penis or this is my vulva. And then I can tell others, please do not touch me on my penis. Please do not touch mm-hmm. me on my vulva. Naming the parts follows consent. And then with consent comes pleasure, comes uh, media literacy. Uh, and it comes with like, you know, this social worldview of how uh, pleasure and uh, and activism are so, like, intimately linked. It's just, like, from there, from the simple act of naming, you can make this big domino effect of global change. And, you know, let's start there. Tell kids what their parts are called, and then we'll cross those other bridges when we get there. I think that's especially true for female genitalia, because I remember as a kid, there were so many different words and they were all dumb and flowery but nobody agreed (laughs) on what nobody agreed on what they were whereas for boys like this is my willy you know that was kind of like yeah but my sister it was like she had you know one person calls it a daisy and one person calls it this one person calls it that and it's like what the hell is it called then yeah what's it called and also like the idea that the name itself is vulgar is is insane that's what it's called insane yeah it's just (laughs) like any other body part your eyes your arms your mouth your feet your penis your vulva like yeah it's so hard about it and also the idea that it's up to other people like it's up to the parent to come up with it because yeah i, I remember Catelyn moran said that she called it her cunt and, th- and that's just what she called it and then <laughs> only when she had a child she was like i can't have the child going to school saying cunt all the time so <laughs> then they had to come up with another word and she was like i really resent the idea that parents have to do that you my know, child I- ruined my cunt <laughs> <laughs> God. Which I guess here maybe is a bit more uh, colloquial than no, States, for but... sure. I love like Commonwealth countries <laughs> who use cunt so casually. Australia, yeah. and the UK, just yeah. like oi cunt, <laughs> top of the morning to your cunt. Yeah, here it's kind of like mate. Yeah, yeah, mate. But yeah. here in North America, it's very like hey cunt. <laughs> Whoa, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because also, I feel like actually the context in which it would be used that that is very aggressive. Like that is very yeah misogynistic. <laughs> like oh yeah but, yeah yeah. That's that's another thing about sex education is like learning what to call your parts and learning what other people want their parts to be called. Mm. Uh, because I have had sex with trans men who still have their vulvas and they don't want it to be called their vulva. They just want it to be right. called their dick. You know, fuck right, me in right, my right. dick. And yep. it's like okay, I can do that. It's just a word. But if it yeah, that yeah. means that much to you, I can do it. Still best sex I've ever had. It's just a fucking word. Yeah, I also think I, I know it's not so common in North America, but a lot of people I know went to 
boy schools or girl schools where they only really, I actually, I started out in a boy school and then I went to a mixed school. So I got both, I got the boy school version of sex ed and then I got the mixed school version of sex ed. And it was kind of wild how, I don't want to speak on the whole school system because that's another issue, but just not having everyone in the same class and it not being for everyone. And then the conversations around that then become very skewed in one direction. And I don't think you need to be as educated in other people's sex ed as what's going to affect you. So you can like understand it and not trivialize it. Yeah, you, you need to learn. Yeah, because the the more you want to learn about yourself, the more that you're going to want to learn about others as well. Like, mm-hmm. uh, okay, so this is what's happening in my body. So what about yours? What's happening in your body? So like if you're uh, brought up in an all male household or like a uh, all boys school you're never going to learn about the menstruation period or like why women menstruate or like why we grow hair out of places that Mm. have never had hair before or something as simple as pms yeah it's like if you don't understand that like then good fucking luck right but it's also (laughs) it just feeds into like then you don't understand people's behavior yeah like you yeah, don't understand it, that it's it's a difficult time of the month, you know? Yeah, it's difficult. And like when, when guys are like, oh, it's just her period. She's cranky. And it's right, like, right, right. that's so misogynistic for you to like draw a whole person's like character trait yeah. based on whether or not they finished ovulating. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> huh? You know what? If men got periods, we would make tampons free oh for <laughs> sure long ago <laughs> yeah long we ago make menstruation products free yeah and like i i've tried one of those like menstrual crib simulators oh, uh not fun yeah, i don't no, know I... How, how the ladies do it thank you so much ladies for your service i don't know how you do it but well, it is intense I mean, even that like i lived with someone who had endometriosis that was undiagnosed for a long time and oh, she had to have surgery uh... and she was like just constantly in pain and thought that was normal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that that's wild. Like to and be in pain all the time. All the time. Oh, she oh. had other physical issues and so she kind of just yeah, thought yeah. it was all one thing and didn't realize like, oh, I could actually just be in considerably less pain. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like stuff like that. I, again, I feel like we're not taught enough about this kind of thing early on that like we don't know when something like this. Like, again, I think it's so important to not just educate kids, but educate adults on how they can communicate this stuff to kids. For example, if you're like a single father and you have a daughter, you need to be able to comfortably communicate with her about what menstruation is and that it's normal and not to be frightened and how to deal with it and like that it's okay and not to be embarrassed about it. Mm -hmm. And the same thing, Mm -hmm. like if you're a parent whose sex education was split between boys and girls, yeah, yeah, and very limited, then you need to have a better understanding of how you can educate your kids. Because like my parents did not have sex education. My my mother was... Mm -mm. Neither did mine. Yeah. Well, my mom grew up in, in the Soviet Union. So my, like my mom had no concept of, she didn't know why she was getting pregnant. What? Like, like contraception didn't exist and neither did it. Why? Yeah, she didn't know why she was getting pregnant. Literally. She knew it had something <laughs> to do with sex, but she didn't know why. Like she didn't know what, it was just a case of like, oh. if abortive healthcare hadn't been available to her she might have never left you know she might have just ended up with a bunch of kids like oh my god yeah i recently just interviewed a child for one of my episodes and they thought that you can get pregnant through anal and i was like oh baby (laughs) oh no you sweet innocent child but then do i have something to tell you yeah but then i (laughs) then i worry because then it's like at what point are there parents who willfully are denying their children basic sex education because yeah. they have some value that they think is more important or right because if you're going to vilify the education system for quote unquote indoctrinating your children it's like those things should be taught at home okay so teach it at home no i don't want to and it's like so where do we start you yeah. know like where, where's this gonna we need to break the cycle of ignorance when it, and fear i think yeah, that's fear. really the root of, of it all right is fear like they're scared that they're gonna 
turn their kids into i don't know nymphomaniacs or perverts or sluts or whatever but it's like there's nothing wrong with being a slut it's like you yeah. can totally abstain from sex and be a slut yeah. right so <laughs> well, but also you can like and, and i understand it's fear of the unknown as well it's like well i don't really know we didn't talk about this and so i i, I don't know what this might do and it's like well when has that ever stopped you being curious about something and when has a lack of information ever helped prepare you to avoid something like i mean you're only teaching kids how to be safe and sensible especially in a world where as you say like it's shocking to me still shocking to me and it shouldn't be but we don't talk about this stuff enough how many of my female friends grew up experiencing casual things things in the street like one of my friends said the first time she saw a penis cat calling yeah 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 yeah. but she said the first time she ever saw a penis was on a crowded bus she was like 12 years old and a man just whipped it out and oh my god yeah yeah and she was like i knew it was wrong but i didn't feel like i could tell anyone because you're not meant to talk about that stuff and it's like (sighs) what the hell like and and that's that's the danger like the danger is that these kinds of people know that they can do that they know that they can freak Mm. out a kid doing that and they they don't have the power to say anything and they shouldn't feel like they can do that they should feel like worried that people are going to turn around and stop that from happening that that kid is going to point that out that you know because that shouldn't be okay yeah no it's not never that's that's so gross and disgusting and it's like did we not learn anything about consent and it's so common yeah like no not even just like you know sexual consent but like learning how to ask for permission yeah was that not taught (laughs) you know please and thank you (laughs) common decency and manners among people honestly like jesus that was so yeah that's weird that's yeah and like we don't get taught that either we we don't get taught that some of you will have different experiences some of you will be treated differently and you should be aware of this so that you can look out for one another i remember remember a friend of mine got catcalled and we were like 14 you know so we're like old enough to be aware of all this kind of stuff but like still young enough that we're in school uniform and like we're children Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. this guy leans out of van and he like says something lurid i I don't remember what but i was just behind her and i put my head around like what the hell and they see me and they just drive off and i was like what the hell that's so not okay blah blah and she goes that happens literally all the time and i'm all the time she, she was like i can't believe you were there because normally you know that'll never happen you will never witness it because if you're there they don't do it but they didn't see you and so like now you've actually seen what happens mm-hmm. and it totally yeah. changed my perspective I, on like uh, on the state of like how women are like navigating this world like i i was so shocked this one time i was drunk and i was just like oh fuck i i need to get home i ordered an uber and i'm like totally wasted in the back of this uber but like just barely clinging on to sobriety just like all right at least i know where i'm going and then like this i got the worst uber driver who was like his car smelled of weed first of all and which is like not helping me uh, uh, mm-hmm. in my inebriated state and then at one point he rolls down the window to make a bunch of cat calls i was like no um way. i i i i, 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 I want to get off uh yeah he was like he he was telling some women that like he's got a drunk passenger in the back and like they can the women can have their way with me if they wanted to i'm like what the um fuck? yeah uh i was like one star i, I yeah this is yeah, yeah. <laughs> what the uh, awkward fuck? yeah and also like i mean not to make this as a comparison to being catcalled and, and like i'll never relate but like it has happened to me when i'm dating another guy and we're holding hands and then there would be you know some someone sure. like you know yelling something random uh outside of their car and it's just like it, it, i don't know whether or not i'm feeling safe because oh uh, you know one time someone called me a faggot when i was holding my boyfriend at the time and like jesus another one just simply said hey you guys are gay and it's like correct that is a fact (laughs) (laughs) that is very much true i love that he felt threatened in the moment but didn't know what to say other than ah look you know like gay yeah (laughs) correct (laughs) 
<laughs> it's a very mixed bag of reactions but like at the end of the day these are all unwarranted and unsolicited and it's just like just learn to keep your mouth shut until we say that it's okay right but it's also you know? interesting how like the kinds of people who do feel safe doing that you know what i mean it's like yeah because they know i mean they will never understand what it's like to not just you know without thinking hold their partner's hand in public to, to sort of scan yeah. the area like they'll never understand what that's like or to have someone shout at them and yet they feel so secure in the fact that no one's going to call them out for doing something wrong yeah. you know it's it's the world we live in they have some sort of power imbalance they're yeah. practicing their privilege and it's just like have a sense of of community <laughs> please we beg of you or you know what if i mean if they're not gonna then at least can we as a society agree that we're not gonna put up with this like i don't know yeah no no can we put something in place can people yeah i don't know Um, give gays and women more weapons Oh God! Let's not only no 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 no. Let's not only gays and women. <laughs> okay, but they have to, to be the fabulous. Girls, ones. gays, in the days. Yeah, yeah. No. Oh yeah, it's gotta be like a, a fan and a whip and you know stuff like that. A fan like Katana in Mortal yes, Kombat. Combat fan. And just like yeah, and just like sharp like, sharp acrylics. <laughs> Oh my god, like, acrylic nails made out of vibranium <laughs> or adamantium steel. <laughs> right, so we'll so have adamantium have... and vibranium, and then... <laughs> I don't know, lace it with arsenics or something, just to make it a little, you oh, know... Poison. Oh, poison! Oh, poison. I'm down with poison. Oh. Poison's fine. Poison, and that's... Like, that's the bitchiest way to kill someone, yeah, because it's, like, slow and painful, and then and uh, the cops come to your and house, me? and then... Oh. And then you're wearing the, your murder robe, and right. everyone knows what I'm talking about when I say the murder right, robe. Right, right. It's like yeah, translucent off the and shoulder, the, little chemise, off the shoulder. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like barely a, a nightgown. Boa. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, and you're holding your red wine in hand. It's like. I didn't know such thing. And then when you get to the to the police station, you're like, uh, what are you going to do? Charge me for smoking? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, charged. totally. And then basic instincts, like no underwear we're on, do the leg lift, while they're yeah. interviewing you, <laughs> sit back, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay. Showing your vagina a little bit. <laughs> well, oh, oh, also, the other caveat is you have to have fabulous hair if you're going to kill anyone like that. You need to. If you're going to murder someone, you need to right, at least right, look right. pretty. We might have to trim some of that out, but I'm not sure what will stay. <laughs> <laughs> this is the kind of shit I keep on my podcast. <laughs> I like that people won't know like what what just cut cut out. <laughs> <laughs> what I just sort of like snipped around. Let's go to break quickly because um I need to urinate and it's very very hot in this room. Sure, so do I. <laughs> and unfortunately, I don't have someone to just do it on. So all right, we'll be back in a sec. <laughs> My pronouns are cut up and gaping hole. <laughs> Piss That's pig. What got me. Piss pig. <laughs> Scat pig. Scat pig. Um, Scat whore. Semen superior. <laughs> I feel exhausted by having like a momentary technical blip. That's how tech illiterate I am. Like I panicked oh. that we weren't recording for a second. But I'm glad I know your pronouns now. Thank you. Um... <laughs> Come slash dumb. <laughs> Do you know what? Actually, I was thinking, you mentioned that a lot of people might not even know the difference between a vulva and a vagina, and then it got me Mm -hmm. thinking, maybe it'd be helpful to actually lay out the difference between a vulva and a vagina, just in case anyone listening is in that boat, because as I said, like I had quite, quote unquote, extensive sex education, and all we were basically taught was how to put a condom on, don't get anyone pregnant, and- What's a condom? So, um, (laughs) they're not important. Okay. Don't worry about it. All right. (laughs) I've never met one condom. I barely know them. (laughs) That's actually. (laughs) I've never done. I've never done him. I've only ever done her. A whole new bunch of words I can use for that. Okay. Sorry. Talk about talk about anatomy, please. (laughs) So, for those of you listening, the difference between a vulva and a vagina, and it's like this is one of the things that like is my pet peeve when it comes to. Uh, media saying i showed her my vagina and it's like mm-hmm. really you opened yourself up with a speculum to let them yeah. inside uh, so a vulva is anything that you see on the outside so that's your mons pubis your labia majora labia minora uh the clitoris like everything that you can see on the outside is collectively called the vulva while mm-hmm. everything inside your vaginal walls 
your your spongy tissue that's all the vagina so whenever people say oh my god i sh- I-, I saw her vagina it's like really did you 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 had her in stirrups no it's the vulva that you're seeing we went spelunking yeah. <laughs> up in repelling there. we <laughs> we went like indiana jones shaving through the pews <laughs> with a big machete <laughs> a jungle and she finally got to the treasure (laughs) and then at the very end where the cervix is located once you replace the magical idol with a bag of sand a big Uh boulder comes rolling out and you have to make your way back get the fuck out of there yeah that's how every woman is built and that's the egg yeah that's the baby right that's the baby that's what comes out and then you gotta run with that egg (laughs) and then you gotta make your way back into the (laughs) where you came from <laughs> just like a football or a rugby player just like no <laughs> now that i'm thinking about it my from what i remember like pregnancy was way more prioritized than like stis in terms which of sex is kind yeah. of crazy considering how we are fortunate enough to live in a time and place where contraceptive and abortive healthcare is readily available. Oh, actually, well, I guess. Yeah, not in the in United States. States. Here in Canada coming. and in the UK, right, I'm, right. I'm thinking that like it is very much readily available, and we're very fortunate. But like in the country that everyone is always looking at, oof, sorry to you folks. Ugh. Surely, sexually transmitted infections should be because I spoke to someone who, uh, like, recently we were just chatting, and he was like very flippant about it and was like, oh, it's just expected. I mean, you can't get mad about Maria or whatever it was. And I was like, eh? He was like, yeah, I mean, come on, like, everyone's had that. And I was like, I don't think that's... I mean, wow. Like, good for him for having such a laissez-faire attitude towards STIs. But, like, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, like, what? I'd be pretty pissed off if yeah. somebody... You but also, like, we should be aware of the severity of stuff, how transmittable stuff is, like, what is and isn't considered a big deal. Because also, and, and these are, things are incredibly common. And, of course, mm-hmm. it's... It's, it's not a part a, of it's life. Not a point yeah. of shame if you get them. Yeah, it is. Like, I mean, you should be able to go. Oh, okay. I need to get this sorted out and and go do it, and it not be you know a point of shame at all. But we don't know which ones we need destigmatizing and which ones we need to take seriously. But like, I, I mean, it all needs destigmatizing. But like, mm-hmm. but we need to stop being so passive about these kinds of uh, infections because yeah, okay, they they're a part of life, just like any other. A bacteria or virus or whatever but what's important is that we focus on reducing these infections so that we're not constantly in this cycle of retransmission like mm-hmm. for example uh chlamydia gonorrhea these are like your run-of-the-mill stis that are easily treatable with some shots and yeah they're gonna suck because those shots can like go in your ass and it hurts and then you also have like syphilis, which is a little more uh, on the heavier side of the STIs, mm-hmm. which is like it's going to attack your immune system if left untreated and it starts to, it'll like slowly attack you from the inside out. And then mm-hmm. there's the big one that concerns all, well, if not, not all, but like, you know, the gay community at large. HIV, mm-hmm. right? That's something that is that heavily affects our community ever since the HIV AIDS epidemic. And, you know, we, we need to educate ourselves on what it means to be undetectable, what it means to mm-hmm. have, like, you know, such a small viral load so that we're not putting the stigma on people who do have HIV. And also learn about, mm-hmm. like, the, the ways that HIV is transmitted because that'll open you up to other forms of sex, much more pleasurable sex, and, like, like, right, you know, yeah. you're not putting all of these like stereotypes on an HIV positive person or just like any person that's has that's ever had an STI for that matter. It's it's part of life. But again, even if it is a part of life, let's not be so passive and let's do our part to help reducing these these transmissions. Says the guy who doesn't use a condom. But <laughs> but that's my choice because my choice is to have sex with people who have a clean bill of health and who are actively making healthy right. choices in their sexual yeah. health such as getting tested every three months and then you're mm-hmm. if you do test positive you're contacting uh your sexual partners yeah. and you know it, it's just a responsible thing to do and i'm not going to judge anyone for not doing these things but also i hope that they're aware that if you're not making the responsible choice at least know the consequences
consequences of your irresponsible choices because it, it will harm a lot of people like i don't know you give someone right, yeah. syphilis and you never told them yeah. and that person that they gave it to doesn't get tested what's going to happen to them and it'll just make their life way more complicated and way more endangered so yeah you know do the responsible thing tell people condomless or not yeah that's the other thing is like the stigma of oh i don't want to tell people because it's there's a, a shame. hard conversation to, yeah, yeah. Like, it's embarrassing for me and it's like well it shouldn't be i mean like it, no it happened and you were responsible about it that's that's what's that's what should be important I, i've been on both ends of that conversation too right like uh having to break someone the news and having to receive that bad news you know it's definitely not an easy conversation i understand but also it's a conversation that's needed right would you rather go through life knowing that at least there's some sort of way to prevent this or just like i don't know be on your way and have this infection on you until uh, you know your deathbed we we need to stop shaming people for uh, stis because like again th this whole narrative uh, especially during the age of the pandemic and monkeypox and it's like let's stop making it so shame centered and just say you know what this is what happened and uh, i'm informing you do your due diligence i think knowing what language to use like being told this is how you can break the news and this is what you can expect and this is how you can handle it that kind of thing i feel like should be part of something we talk about when we talk about stis because yeah. again when i learned about it it was like we were just told not to get them. <laughs> we weren't really told like how or what to do when you had them you know it was yeah. just like these are things you want to avoid breaking the news should be part of our sexual health tool belt right like uh hey i recently just tested positive and i know that we had sex so i do recommend getting tested and uh hope this doesn't affect anything between us that's how i've been doing it and i've been getting a lot of like favorable responses and that's another thing it's like how they receive the news is their responsibility it's not up to you you've done your part you're not responsible yeah. for their reactions or their emotions so you've done the right thing and how they react to the right thing is on them not you that's a really good way of looking at it actually because i think the fear of how someone reacts but yeah. like you can't control that you can't like. control their fear or their anger their outrage you, you, you've done what was responsible it makes me think about the other things we don't get told which are like that there's more than one way of having sex that there's one more than one way of masturbating yeah like anal simulation was not something we were taught about and so kids like joked about it because they didn't know that it was a normal thing they they didn't know that it was a thing that straight people do plenty they didn't know that there was reasons for doing it for not doing it for like yeah. that sex doesn't have to be penetrative that sex doesn't always have to be mutual arousal mutual completion you know like all these things that we feel like if we're not doing them we're not having sex achieving the sex yeah you know? <laughs> also yeah. like this, this we uh, won we won we won the sex yeah Woo, sex for you sex for you everybody gets the sex there's also like this whole debate with the word foreplay as if like we need to have this non-sexual act in order for us to get to the sexual act but it's right. like why can't that non-sexual act and i'm saying that in air quote why can't that non-sexual act be a sexual act in itself you know why does kissing right, right. have to be foreplay before uh leading into penetration we yeah. can kiss we can do hand stuff we can like do oral stuff and that's already considered sex we have the choice to reshape and redefine what sex means to us to the individual because sex for one person isn't necessarily going to be the same sex for another person you know that's your sex life that you're taking control of what's more powerful than that taking control of your own fucking pleasure so you man so good yeah so fucking good <laughs> yeah i'm gonna come right now on your podcast <laughs> <laughs> that would be so impressive <laughs> Oh, that would be I, ratings through the <laughs> I have done podcasts where I've had a vibrator inside of me uh, being controlled by one of my lovers who's uh, overseas. I also will brag 
if you would allow me. Humbly. <laughs> a humble brag. I am mm. multi-orgasmic. I am able to separate my ejaculation from my orgasm, which is what makes me oh. multi-orgasmic. It's fun. Okay, I read a really, really interesting, because I just assumed, again, it's. I feel like it all boils down to, I remember as teenagers, we talked about like, oh, have you done this yet? Have you done this yet? Have you done, you know, and it was like you were going up a ladder until you got to the sex. And so it wasn't considered <laughs> sex until it was, which is such a stupid way of looking at things. But it was like, we all thought we had to do these things. So like- To get to the sex. Girls getting fingered at a party was like normal. Yeah, I know, it was such weird. Like, but then- it's just same a way, weird like, sentence to get to this. I know. <laughs> no, but like we are taught that ejaculation is one thing and that mm-hmm. that is how you experience orgasm and that the female orgasm is like this elusive thing that we're not taught we're meant to even understand. It's not real. It's not real. Even though, yeah, yeah. Women do not Sorry, orgasm. No, it's a myth. Right. <laughs> and then like for men, it's like, oh, well, you ejaculate and that's your orgasm. Yeah. So that's just what I believed. And then I was reading this thing about like how like this guy, you know, did all these exercises and and monitored it over a long period and eventually was able to prolong his orgasm and, and have multiple multiple orgasms. And the conclusion from that was, yes, it is possible, but it's a lot of work. And I was like, well, sounds like a lot of work. It right? is a lot of work. It is. So I wanted to ask, yeah. was that was that something that you really had to Toward, train towards? Your... Yes. Yeah. My muscles? Yeah. Also, I want to just backtrack a tiny little bit and say that just because you've had an orgasm does not mean it's the end of sex. It's not like a marker, course, yeah. like a flag, a checkered yep. flag yeah, yeah. that's like, all right, we're done. It's like, no, you can keep it we going. Did it. Yeah. We did it. We can keep it going, which yeah. is what led me to my pursuit of being multi-orgasmic because i'm like i don't want just one orgasm i want to keep going yeah so i trained my pelvic muscles to hold in my ejaculation while i'm having an orgasm because for me once i ejaculate that's like all of my energy and i lose my erection and i'm just like i'm spent but i want to keep it going so i practice my kegels i'm also like stimulating a very specific part of my dick which is just like the frenulum and that helps me at least for me personally it's going to be different for everyone but like it helps me fine-tune which muscles need isolating so that i know which one can be squeezed in order for me to hold my ejaculation while still enjoying an orgasm so that when i'm ready to have that ejaculation and my orgasm simultaneously it's like and i'm like i'm done i'm good i'm spent that was great that was an amazing six hours Okay, do you know what? Six, I've done six hours before of just trying to like get myself to come. Wow. I know. I think, yeah. Wow. Hey, that's... Frustrating. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, yeah. I find it difficult to come. It can be. Like, I get self-conscious about that. Yeah. Here's the thing. A lot of guys think that erections, ejaculation, your sexual performance are biological and they're rooted in your genitals, but it's all in the head. It's all in your head. A lot of the times we're overthinking things. We're thinking about our our performance anxiety. I can guarantee you that almost all of your sexual dysfunctions, uh, putting in quotes, are all in your head. They're mental blocks. So like it's the energy that you're bringing into the bedroom that's going to affect your sexual performance, right? You know, it's a little holistic, but you know, you just learn to let go and surrender yourself to your own bodily pleasures and and really just enjoy what's in front of you rather than thinking about what's going to happen. It's like, be in the moment. Just enjoy it. Just fucking Mm. give in to it and be present. Living in the moment, though, like, that is... Because I've only had one time where I... I actually wrote an article about this whole thing. I'll link it because I don't want to get into the whole story. But basically, I couldn't get it up. And it was the only time it ever happened to me. And it wasn't happening with other people I was sleeping with. It was just one person. So I, I was very aware that it was completely in my head. And it wasn't until I just fucking accepted it and just had fun anyway. And that wasn't the clincher that wasn't the deal breaker that wasn't the important thing then all of a sudden sex became fun again and then i was like oh okay and then that never the problem never happened again right <laughs> again i'm gonna brag because i'm such a damn good sexual heart 
partner. But it's happened with a bunch of guys who have had, you know, orgasm delays or problems or whatever. Uh, actually, just last week, I was having sex with a guy who has only ejaculated through a solo masturbation, only with himself and nobody else in the room. But I was so good at making him feel comfortable that he was able to come with me making out with him and he said that's like the third time in his life that's ever happened wow. yeah uh i've i've made guys come without them having to masturbate you know i'm i'm hitting their prostate in just the right way like he was bound and like you know by the wrists and and by the ankles uh-huh. and i'm like hitting his spot in just the right way that it made him come hands-free it was such a good waterworks show i was like yes i'm powerful i have never- just to tell your listeners that i'm damn good in bed <laughs> and they can reach you where you can email me and you can fly me out to wherever you want me to fuck you your number is okay i want to talk about masturbation because don't we all look i have been told too many times now that that's weird i didn't learn how to masturbate with my hand until i was 17 what and whoa yeah what i didn't understand it it drove me crazy what have you been using before your hand then a pillow i was just oh wow just a pillow humper Mm, and i was embarrassed about it because i thought you're supposed to use your hand We're not taught that there are other ways to do it. And so that was the only way I could make it work. So I would just hump a pillow and that and that was it. And then it was one day, I was actually in Norway. I was so horny. Like, because I was with my family and like the rooms are shared and I was with my brother and like I hadn't come in a, a while and I was so horny, like so horny. And I went into the toilet, I went into the stall and I managed to use my hands and just came everywhere. And I <gasps> literally fist bumped the air. I was like, <laughs> And then after that, I was like, I need to keep this up so that I can make sure that I can masturbate with my hand so that I don't just have to hump pillows forever. (laughs) The only times I've ever been able to come without, like I've had a wet dream like once or twice. Oh yeah. But I've never been able to do hands free. I say it takes me a long time to come because my shaft is completely insensitive. Like just nothing. Cold, heartless little bitch. Yeah. Yeah. You're just a a nasty little. cunt. (laughs) I was going to call my dick a cunt and then I was like, yeah just like nothing just this frigid little bitch i don't know there's one the base of the head of my penis is the only sensitive part so that's the only part that like is going to get me there and like sensations do nothing for me so i I don't like vibration i don't like wands i don't like e-stim i don't like rubber or leather or or anything wet i don't have erogenous zones so like i have big nipples and people immediately try and grab them and i'm like no don't want my balls touched don't touch my thighs don't bite my earlobe or my neck like nothing 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 and like actually i injure myself a lot because i'll be wanking so much on that one spot and then i like damage the banjo string and i have to like wait for it to heal and oh no well okay here's the thing when it comes to the conversation about masturbation you found that out for yourself you know how you like to be touched so that you can tell others how you like to be touched there's no one way that we like to be touched unless there's only literally one way that you want to be touched but like there's no right or wrong way for a person to masturbate you can masturbate in any number of ways you can use your hands your feet so yeah there's no right or wrong way to masturbate as long as what feels good to you feels good to you and you're able to communicate that to your partners i don't think there's anything wrong you can go either tone don't touch me there or touch me there please (laughs) bratty or bossy just oscillate between the two yeah don't fucking touch me there but touch me here daddy God, the number of times I've been called daddy when I shouldn't be. When you shouldn't be? I was 26, he was 23. Oh, that doesn't mean anything. No, I know, but like... I have a little uh, who calls me daddy and he's older than me. That's true, I have been called daddy by older gentlemen as well. Yeah. Okay, well, we have to end. Do you have a positive thing to end on? Like, something you need to plug, or what's the what's the good thing this week? Uh, so, uh, for anyone listening that has made it through this amazing episode, <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much to the Big Toth for having me here. If you're going to take away any message, I think it's to learn to take control of your own pleasure. Uh, and it doesn't just have to be sexual. It can be anything. Like, uh, the foods you eat, the places you go, the people you hang 
yeah, we'll take control of those. And once you know what that is, you're opening yourself up to a life full of pleasure that's specifically designed for you. Nothing is more rewarding than that. And if you want to hear more of that caca bullshit corniness, you can head over to my podcast, Sex Ed with Tim. My Instagram and Twitter are also at Sex Ed with Tim. And you can visit me on my website. Guess what? SexEdWithTim.com. Awesome. And as always, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at T Stota on Twitter and the underscore Muckle underscore Stota on Instagram. Uh, my positive this week actually uh, is that I did my first live strip show. Yay! Yeah. Well, and I did it as a clown as well, which was like wild. Hot. I didn't think I was gonna. And Hot. sorry, this. Are you playing with your feet? No, no, sorry. Hold on. There is, sorry. Hold on. There is one. Sorry. Hold on. No, 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 no. He's playing with something. There was one piece of glitter on my skin and I hate glitter so much. It's okay. I got it off. Gross. Yeah, no, I did. I did a strip show. It was through Galia Guys and it was at a private venue with the East London Voyeurs and Exhibitionists. And I went earlier in the day to film my clown strip show. And then they really wanted me to do it in the evening. And I was all like, oh, no, because I'm still kind of nervous about it. And like, I don't know. And then I had a few beers. I'm still in makeup. People start arriving. I was like, okay, I guess we're doing this. And the crowd loved it so much. Yeah, I had a great finale when I'd stripped off and then obviously kept the nose and the makeup and the gloves on. And then I had a harness and like my cap. And then the guy who'd sort of scouted me for it came on stage with me once I was done and gave me, shall we say, a pie in the face, <laughs> which was fun. And then and then everyone kind of got to play with the clown after, which was great fun. So um, that that was my like, yeah, that's my positive this week. I wasn't sure I was going to go and it was super fun. So I'm going to do it again. Yeah. But yeah, thank you so much for talking with me this week. We've learned what sex is. Yeah. <laughs> really? Because I have learned nothing about what sex is. <laughs> you've actually, I've, you, you've I've actually, done a reverse. Less. less. That's why I never claimed to be a good <laughs> sex educator. But apparently, people are miles ahead of me from what I thought sex was: clown sex, puppy sex. Uh, I don't know what else is there. Bear sex. Like Jesus, there's yeah. niches. Donkey sex. Donkey sex. Cobra sex. Hell yeah. I don't know what else. Zombie sex, maybe. Oh, Orc sex. Yeah. Uh, Power Rangers sex. Oh, Spider-Man sex. Spider-Man sex. Oh my god, yeah. I was actually just the at a... superheroes are out to play. I was at, just at a like a nerd convention last weekend, and oh boy, there was an after party of just cosplayers doing it. I, I gotta say, it's very jarring when you see the Joker, Raw Dog, Winnie the Pooh uh, right there mm. in, in, on, on the showroom floor. And Oh, really? The Joker and Winnie the Pooh? Yeah, I, I have to oh, rethink something. I wish I was there about my life well i'm glad we've brought you to this wonderful <laughs> epiphany <laughs> well that's it from us thank you so much tim for speaking with me and to everyone listening be safe have sex have safe sex or not have a great week and uh, yeah or not or not just stay at home and masturbate yeah have great masturbation <laughs> or just do what i do and throw caution to the wind <laughs> Just see what happens. Just see what happens, yeah. Do dangerous shit. <laughs> Literally. Shit. Shit yeah. on the wall. <gasps> shit on the floor. No! Shit on the floor. How dare you bring that up again? Cobra. <laughs> Re-traumatized. That's called a callback, and that's how narrative works. <laughs> and join me next week as we go under the big top. Hey there, horny listeners. We talk a lot about safety on this podcast, and that includes the importance of safe toys that are actually designed for sexual pleasure. Bunny Shop's carefully curated products are body safe and prioritize quality, aesthetics, and safety. Bunny Shop takes a boutique approach to shopping for adult toys, with a wide range from affordable gems to unique luxury items for all experience levels. What I like most about Bunny Shop is the approachability. They've created such a welcoming space, and none of it's dark, intimidating, or feels like it's gatekeeping. And if you like pink, they've got you covered. Bunny Shop also donates a percentage of all sales to a non-profit of your choice. Plus, they ship quickly and discreetly. Let go of your shyness and embrace your self-love journey with confidence. 
Save 20% off your order today when you use my code BIGTOP. Visit bunnyshop.com, that's B-U-N-N-Y-S-H-O-P-P-E.com. Spelt with two P's and an E at the end. Don't be shy, let your freak flag fly.